0: Thank you for stopping by this science fiction podcast from 3rd Flatiron Publishing in Boulder, Colorado. Today we're presenting the short story, The Sun Greeter by Marilyn K. Martin. Marilyn hails from Conroe, Texas. She watches ancient aliens and is an active member of the Amazon forums discussing extraterrestrials and how they've been visiting and interacting on Earth for a very long time. To Marilyn, the evidence is overwhelming and only enriches and expands our cultural heritage on this planet. In her interactions with other forum posters about UFOs and ETs, Marilyn has her own troll posse of a half dozen guys who spend voluminous time and energy ripping all her speculations to shreds. This resistance to the obvious is what gave her the idea for the sun greeter, Some know-it-all documentarian from the distant future goes back to the ancient past and tries to shoehorn an ancient man's beliefs into her preconceived notions of what is, generally accepted in her time. Our thanks to Marilyn K. Martin for this highly entertaining story, which first appeared in the Third Flatiron anthology, Lost Worlds Retraced. For more from Third Flatiron, Check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe. And now, here's The Sun Greeter, read by Keely Rue. The
1: Sun Greeter, by Marilyn K. Martin. Rory adjusted her hiking boots on a rocky outcrop to steady herself. She was dressed straight out of a glam biz traveler's guidebook, stretched jeans with a time device for a belt held together by an anti-rape combo lock buckle, below a fluffy, weatherproof pink blouse. Her hair was in a curly bob, with tattooed makeup and permanently sealed earrings in her pierced ears. Sitting cross-legged nearby, on the very edge of a cliff facing the rising sun, across a mass of churning fog, was a handsome young native. He had a smooth, forward-leaning face, dominated by a large, hooked nose and steady, dark eyes that missed nothing. He wore a colorful loincloth woven by his wife, decorated with colorful geometric patterns and thick sandals. His long, dark hair was bound up on the back of his head in a woven headband with more geometric patterns. Otherwise, he was naked, his dark, rusty skin smooth and clear, except for a few ceremonial tattoos on his shoulders and hands. He represented an attractive, well-decorated subject, with no radiation, pollution, or weaponry scars, and no grotesquely distorted skin or appendages, which absolutely would not do for Rory's documentary. So she was hoping for a productive shoot. Once her gel soles had solidified on the jagged rocks to hold her securely, she raised the motion camera to her face. Introduction. This is Rory Cochran of future date 03272639. I'm somewhere on Ancient Earth's South American continent, around August 3000 BC. I found a native male on a rock cliff facing the rising sun with a pre-jump time locator, and I thought he would be a perfect subject. She glanced around at the misty mountain plateau with little interest. I, uh, couldn't locate any nearby population with scans once I got here, but it really doesn't matter. This guy is obviously some shaman or other ancient religious guy worshipping the rising sun. Just what I'm looking for. So this is research sequence number 31 of my proposed documentary, Ancient Mystical Solar Beliefs and Practices. Translator on. And here we go! She raised the camera and motioned to the young man at the cliff edge but he wasn't sure what her hand-making impatient little circles meant, so he continued to stare at her over his shoulder. Rory sighed and then looked around her camera. "Ah, Mr. Takool? echoed the whine of the translator from her camera. Please, start your sunrise ceremony. Now Mr. Takool understood. He turned back to the rising sun, his skin glowing bronze in the sunlight now peeking over the distant, craggy mountaintops, across the deep, mist-shrouded ravine. He raised his muscular arms dramatically, fingers splayed his tattooed fingertips seeming to glow in the sunlight. Rory smiled as she looked through her viewfinder. It was a great silhouette shot. Now hopefully the audio would be just as entertaining. "'We greet you, great sun, for another day of warmth and bounty,' intoned the native man loudly. "'Pause!' Rory looked around her camera with a pinched face. "Ah, uh, that's lovely, Mr. Takul?' Rory's translator called out. "'Really?' But why don't you talk a bit about, uh, who you think the sun is?" Takul lowered his arms and again looked over his shoulder at her. He frowned. It's… the sun. It always has been, and always will be. No, I mean, talk about what god you think it is, gestured Rory, fluttering the fake pink nails of her free hand that matched her blouse. You know, the bringer of all life, or Boonga Tunga, the giant fire god or the shimmering prism god of light, something like that. "'It is just the sun,' answered Tukul carefully over his shoulder, unsure of what this strange woman wanted. "'It is not a god. It's just part of all that is, and we are grateful for the warmth and the light it brings, and how it helps things grow.' Rory swore quietly in 2639 A.D. Fury, the translator clicking and pinging, unable to hear enough to translate. Come on, Mr. Takul. You must think the sun is a god, she pleaded. Every primitive civilization on this blasted planet thought their sun was a god. I mean, don't you even have a special name for the sun? Takul shook his head. No, it is just the Great Sun. Pause! Well, how about your creation mythology, Mr. Takul? asked an agitated Rory, now resting her camera on a shoulder. Was your sun created out of dusty chaos by some ancient monster god? Maybe the sun was shot here by powerful gods from somewhere else in the universe. Or maybe gods arrived on a dark earth from a distant, destroyed world, and they made the sun a hundred times brighter so the earth could now grow life? No, answered Tikul, shaking his head with frustration. We were taught that the sun is just a ball of ever light and has always been as it is now. It is in balance with the ball of our moon and the ball of our earth, a sacred triangle of perfection. Rory pursed her lips, thinking hard. The visuals were great, but she needed more entertaining audio than just boring mathematical concepts. Well, what about the seasons? she offered testily. Does the sun have a different name during different seasons? Something like, I don't know, the Cold Sun of Winter or, uh, the Bountiful Sun of Harvest? T'gul shook his head again, still looking over his shoulder at this curiously dressed woman. Her brightly colored shirt and metal objects could be seen so far away that he'd never want her in a hunting party. But then, if she did have the skills of a hunter, Takul realized, she would neither be dressed like that nor bouncing around from one unrelated question to another. Hunting required keen focus, concentration on a goal, and a certain respect for what was being hunted. She appeared to possess none of those skills. No, it is just the sun, answered Takul carefully, as if to a child. It is part of the sacred triangle. It is the same today as it was yesterday, and will be tomorrow, which fits in with the sacred triangle of time. Rory waved her hand and looked away, denoting her lack of interest. Then she turned back to stare at the native man with a peeved look. Suddenly she dropped the small camera to her side, and then carefully approached and squatted by the native man. Look, you won't understand this, Mr. Takool. May I just call you Takool? But I've got an educational grant to go back in time and record ancient man's mythological beliefs about the sun." Her voice had taken on a slight whine of distress. "...and I've got to have more interesting elements, more human interest here than just some sacred triangles. So work with me, okay? Please?" Tukul continued staring at her, still unsure what this pushy, flailing woman from the future wanted. "'I am telling you what I know,' he offered solemnly. "'I cannot lie. The Elder Gods have taught us that the truth is the only path through darkness." I don't want you to lie, I just... well, okay, that might work, answered Rory thoughtfully, as she abruptly stood up. She refocused her motion camera on T'Kool from a higher, closer angle. Resume. So demonstrate to me what your Elder Gods taught you about the sun, Tukul. Tukul turned back to face the rising sun, and again raised his strong arms and glowing fingertips towards the distant sunrise. Take news of our well-being and gratitude on your golden light, great sun, to the elder gods in their high places. Tell them that we are grateful for their knowledge and assurances that every day you will rise to bathe us in your warm light of life. Rory swore softly, then looked around her camera to Cool's arm-raised silhouette against the rising sun. The shot was perfect, but how was she going to get him to say something more interesting about his sun beliefs? Then she had another idea. She looked back through her viewfinder, still rolling. Okay, let's forget about the Elder Gods, Tukul. So you don't think that the sun is a god and it doesn't have any special name. Maybe this sacred triangle is represented by magical animals, like uh, star constellations in the sky. Maybe a ferocious big cat represents the sun. Tukul shook his head slowly as he lowered his arms and turned to look back and up at her. No, the sun is not an animal he explained, with more than a touch of exasperation. And it is too hot for an animal to live on the sun. It would burn up. Rory pressed on gamely, her camera still focused on tukul Okay, how about the moon? It's another part of your, uh, sacred triangle. Do you believe that the moon is maybe the sun's wife or mistress? tukul shook his head slowly for the umpteenth time, growing weary of these silly questions. No! He answered curtly over his shoulder. The moon is cold and dead. It is balance for the abundance of the earth. Its purpose is to reflect the sunlight in slices to measure our time and to illuminate our dark nights. Pause. Rory rested her camera on her shoulder and stared down hard at the native man. She was running out of ideas. What would get through to this guy? She thought a moment, then put her camera back up to her eyes. Resume. Okay, so what do you think the sun is, Tikool? What does it consist of? Exactly what is the sun? Tikool shrugged and gestured at the sun, now half-risen over the distant mountains. Just what you see. It is a big ball of ever-fire, a fire that can never be put out. Rory paused to roll her eyes with annoyance, then again concentrated on her camera view of Tikool. Okay then, how does the sun move across the sky every day, Tikool? What magic or what special forces make it move? Please describe all that to me. It is not magic, said Tikul wearily over his shoulder. It is just a ball of ever fire. And the power of its light rolls the earth around so that we have day to work and then night to rest. Besides, the Elder Gods taught us that magic is really the invisible forces of... Cut! Rory, totally exasperated, dropped her camera to her side. She checked the embedded watch in her wrist and shook her head. She'd just wasted a half hour on a boringly primitive story about sacred triangles and balls of fire. This was going nowhere. "'Okay, I'm out of here,' she announced, slipping her small camera into a hardened pouch on her lower back. "'To cool, it's been a pleasure, really, but there's obviously no award-winning material for me here.'" Rory activated the time device around her waist and soon disappeared into a colorful, swirling mist. Even then, she was still complaining. Unbelievable! The sun's just a ball of fire. No ancients on Earth believed that. Maybe my cousin the Time Hacker deliberately sent me to the wrong time and place. If he did, I swear I'll— And then she was gone, a few color sparkles indicating where she'd been, her voice fading in a grating echo. Then there was just a mere breeze, with a vague sour scent of stale perfume, an electronic discharge from the distant future that just as quickly dispersed and was gone. T'Kul shook his head with a sigh of relief and then turned back to the rising sun. He reflected on the strange visitor. He was grateful he lived in the place and time he did. Leave it to the elder gods to flit around the great vastness beyond the sun, steered by rivers through different times and places. Although T'Kul suspected that the elder gods understood much more and were more willing to learn than these puzzling visitors from Earth's future. The sun had just cleared the distant mountaintops, and the glare made cool close his eyes. He again raised his bronze arms, feeling the sun's warmth on his face and chest. "'And as yesterday and today, bless us with your radiance for all our tomorrow's great sun,' he intoned solemnly. "'We are eternally grateful for this beautiful and bountiful land, "'where our ancestors were sent in their floating islands by the Elder Gods.' For their long-suffering goodness, our ancestors were allowed to escape a distant war. Brought here to your warm and welcome land, great son, where they were allowed to enjoy a life of peace and plenty, where they could raise their families and grow old with gentle memories of joy and continuation instead of blood and death. Our gratitude is eternal. Finished, Takul opened his eyes and lowered his arms. He then leant over to four horizontal boreholes just over the lip of the cliff. They contained four thermos-sized glowing crystal rods. Each rod had now absorbed enough energy from the risen sun and glowed almost to a glare. cool, carefully pulled each crystal rod out of the well-worn boreholes then carefully placed each one on the padded blanket he had been sitting on. He wrapped them up and then gently carried them downslope to a small camouflaged stone hut amid thorny bushes. He ducked through the small stone doorway, then straightened. Inside the dark, empty hut was a large, illuminated crystalline tube, one-third of it missing for an opening. As he did every morning, Tukul squeezed in the large tube with its precious cargo of wrapped crystal rods, which glared in flashes through the padded blanket. Once his footsteps stopped inside the tube, the circular stone floor below him gently lowered him straight down. He stepped out of the crystalline tube at the bottom, deep underground. As usual, he saw the early signs of his waking civilization amid the dim glow of yesterday's spent crystal rods. He walked over to a stone wall covered with boreholes and carefully placed each glowing crystal cylinder in a sacred rectangular pattern of empty slots. Once these glowing crystal rods were placed, the huge stone cavern lit up like it was high noon on the surface. Light flashed all over the cavern, redirected by mirror disks to the huge crystals in the ceiling, which brought an artificial sunrise to the massive cavern. T'Kul looked around, making sure he could see even their large gardens and the jostling furry backs of domesticated animals in the far back of the mammoth cave. Tomorrow morning, as was his job as the sun greeter, he would again take four dark crystal rods back up to greet the sun. He turned back to the massive stone wall with the four crystal rods glowing brightly. The sacred triangle was to absorb and reflect all manner of divine energy between the worlds, seen and unseen. But the sacred rectangle was for his people, since it represented a stable platform, balanced and solid. It was the perfect form to illuminate the workday, for his people to stay safely hidden from all the dangers above, in this deep cavern that had been carved out by the ancestors. T'Kul felt vaguely hurt that the visitor from the future hadn't appreciated his rich culture and heritage, or been the slightest bit interested in the beauty and symmetry of his people's history and sacred knowledge. But then he remembered that all the visitors from other times had acted just like this strange woman with that box in front of her face, rude, ignorant, and focused on silly nothingness. Suddenly, a woman to Cool's age in a simple tunic approached him with a worried face. "'You are late, my husband. I was getting worried.' "'Tikool turned and smiled, then kissed her on the forehead.' Another traveler from the future, he announced with a sigh. I do not understand these future civilizations, my wife. They think the sun is everything but the sun, gestured T'Kul grandly as his wife chuckled. A god, an animal, an angry visitor from out of chaos, T'Kul went on as they walked side by side away from the stone wall with the crystal rods. She even asked if our son was married to the moon. As his wife burst out laughing, a quick hand to her mouth, Tikal shook his head in disbelief. The real mystery is how these visitors even have a future to travel from if they believe such nonsense.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Music and sound production were by Andrew Cairns.